it's beginning to look a lot like no other Christmas ever. Welcome to episode 292 of Live Happy Now. This is your host, Paula Phelps, and as Christmas arrives this week, most of us are experiencing the holidays in very different ways. This week, we're joined by Dr. Jennifer Wegman, a professor at Binghamton University and author of Resilience, How to Master Stress, Reduce Anxiety, and Live Well. She's here today to give us some tips on how to redefine the holidays and make this time one of gratitude and renewal. Jennifer, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And the reason I invited you on the show is I found this great article that you had written that was tips about how to make the most of the holidays during COVID-19. And to start, I wanted to find out what inspired you to come up with these tips. Well, one of the things that I focus on in my work, I'm a teacher at Binghamton University in upstate New York. I'm in the health and wellness studies department, and my area of research focuses on stress. And one of the things that I've been studying for the last several years is ways in which I focus on students in particular, but all of us can utilize stress to our advantage. And this concept has come to the forefront in the last eight or so months once COVID has hit and our lives have been turned upside down. But I think that it has been bubbling to the surface in all of our lives, even more so now as we head into our holiday season. So I thought it was important to help people try to embrace a holiday season that may look a little different and feel a little different than it has in the past. We know it's going to be different, but we're not really sure how it's going to feel. So we know we have to change our mindset. We have to change our expectations, but we don't really know how to do that. So how do we start this process? Because we don't have anything, a point of reference for this. Right. Everything is brand new. And that is something, I think, one of the biggest lessons that COVID has taught all of us is that we need to figure out how to live in the moment because literally minute by minute, COVID changes our lives. And I think when we start to embark upon the holidays, I mean, Thanksgiving has kind of come and gone and people have experienced the holiday in a different aspect looks like now. But I think the most important thing that we can do to start with is to acknowledge that this doesn't feel good. And this kind of sucks for many of us. So For us to be able to recreate and re-envision what our holidays look like, the very first thing that we have to do is acknowledge that many of us don't like the way that it feels. And there's a sense of loss and it's okay to feel that way. And actually we have to acknowledge that loss and almost that grief of loss with the people that we love being in our lives and around us and That is the first thing that we are going to have to do. And I know that you recently did a podcast on toxic positivity, and it's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I talk about quite a bit because I don't want anybody to get lost in what I'm trying to say of like this kind of Pollyannish sunshine and roses aspect. And the very first thing to do before we can move forward is acknowledge how we're feeling and what we've lost. Once we do that, then we have a decision to make. We can either sit in this place that doesn't feel so great, that is shrouded in negativity, 
that kind of keeps us stuck, or we can acknowledge that it doesn't feel so great. And then we can choose. And that's the most important thing is that we can choose to move forward. So while everything looks different and we're not quite sure where to go, it starts with, yes, this is going to look different. It doesn't feel good, but I'm going to make an intentional choice to see the holiday season, to see my interactions with people, to see what my life is looking like right now in a different way. Once we choose that, though, how do we follow through? Because we can say that in our head and we can make this choice, but then doing that follow through, that's the rub. It's like starting a diet, you know? (laughs) Right. And that's always, I'll worry about that on Monday, right? That'll happen (laughs) tomorrow or the next day. The reality is, is that anytime we want to start to change the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see the world, our mindsets, so to speak, we have to make a daily effort. We have to make intention. And one of the things that we need to do is stay aware of what we're thinking and what we're feeling and our actions so that we can kind of be our own best accountability person, so to speak, mm-hmm. so that once those negative thoughts start to creep into my head, once I start to engage in actions that maybe are taking me in a different direction, I have to make intention to reframe and redirect that energy in a way in which I want it to go. And one of the things that we can also do is we can bring people in on this and we can start to use our social connections and our social network, our social support to help us. I mean, research has shown that in terms of of stress, there is no powerful, more powerful moderator than your social support. It changes how you engage with the stressors in your life. And when we tap into these people who surround us, who have our best interest at heart, who we can get on board going in the same direction that we are, we also start to reappraise how we see situations in our lives. So not only do we need to be accountable to ourselves, but I would encourage people to invite people, the the people who are most important in their lives to go on this journey with them. That's such a fantastic idea because one thing that happens, it happens to me, you're on social media, which is where a lot of our interactions are taking place right now. Mm-hmm. And then you see someone who's just piling on about how this year sucks and how bad everything is. And after a while, you're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, instead of being like, no, this is not the place that I'm coming from. This is, you know, it does start changing your perception. So doing exactly the opposite, being able to bring in this positive accountability partner can have the exact kind of mechanism in place. Exactly. And, you know, negativity breeds negativity. And the same is true for positivity. And the more that we embrace positive emotions and thoughts, and that doesn't mean that we still don't have negative emotions and thoughts because we're all human beings and that's a reality of life. But as we start to embrace the positivity and then we start to surround ourselves with people who bring that to our lives, it actually grows I think of Barbara Fredrickson's concept of broaden and build with oh, yeah. positive emotions. There, you know, there's science behind all of these things. And literally you can think of it as like the foundation of a house as you lay down and you continue to lay down the positivity. It just almost exponentially starts to manifest in your life. And it really starts changing the way you perceive what's going on around you. 
Yeah. And from a perspective of studying stress and we think about stress as a process, the first thing that happens in our psychological stress process is we have to appraise a situation, an event, an interaction in our environment. And when we incorporate more positive emotions, when we tie meaning into those events and situations and stressors in our lives, when we invite people in to experience them with us, it literally changes our lens. We see, we appraise or evaluate these stressors in a different way. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're any less stressful, but what it does is it allows you to manage or cope with those stressors in a way that typically ends up being healthier. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that you talked about, which I really liked, is you talk about finding new meaning in the holidays. Can you talk about some of the great ways that we can begin to do that? Well, I think the most important thing in terms of finding meaning that we all need to do is take a little step back, give ourselves a little time and space, and tap into our values. What is it that we value most? And how is that playing out in our life? And so maybe, I don't know, it's different for everybody. I think the obvious one would be like the spiritual aspect for many of the holidays. And is COVID and our lack of ability to be traveling, is it giving you know some of us an opportunity to really dive into what the season is all about? Maybe family is top on your list of values. And maybe this is giving you and your family an opportunity to connect in a way that you hadn't connected before. And I'm not just talking about in person. I'm thinking about even the, the way in which people are connecting in, you know, through technology. Well, maybe this is offering an opportunity to start conversations that you hadn't had before about what's most important in your life, about your emotions or why you care about and love the people that you love and care about. We have an opportunity right now to connect to the meaning of whatever that is in our life based upon our values in a way that we haven't before. Because honestly, and I'm as guilty of this as the next person, we tend to get very caught up in the hustle and bustle of holidays. And there's part of that that's kind of, you know, it's really good and exciting But when we're rushing from a dinner to a party, to buying presents, to worried about who gets what and the money being spent, all those stressors add up. And what they do is they cloud our vision and they take us further and further away from our values, many of us, and what is most meaningful about this time in our lives. I was thinking about that as I was thinking about this interview earlier and And how it really is true, you know, so many people, they spend the holiday season just bemoaning the fact that, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I've got, as you mentioned, you go from one party to a dinner to the next thing and the shopping and how that's all not, it's not all gone, but so much of that has disappeared. We were talking in our house last weekend. It's really weird to not have any holiday parties to go to, but there's something very nice about that. There's something very comforting about being able to stay home during a holiday season and and catch your breath. Exactly. I think about Thanksgiving. Many people are used to very large Thanksgiving gatherings, which just were not possible for many of us this year. 
And I know for me personally, as a person who usually hosts and there's a ton of people at my house, while I did miss having all of those people in my presence, I actually felt relaxed because Mm -hmm. I wasn't worried about, was my house clean? Did I have enough food? I hope everybody likes my desserts. (laughs) All those little stressors that add up over the course of, say, a Thanksgiving a day were erased for me and for many other people. And what I decided to do was refocus the holiday so that it wasn't just about the food and making sure that everybody was here and eating and full and laughing. And we tried to figure out other ways in which we could embrace the holidays and tie meaning into it and maybe start new traditions. And that's what I did with my family. Yeah. And do you think that we're going to see that, that there will be traditions that come out of this very unusual year that we carry on even after, you know, quarantines and the pandemic or our history? You know, I hope so. I really do because we sometimes get so stuck in our ways and our vision becomes very narrowed, almost tunnel vision. Like this is what the holidays will look like. This is what the holidays have to feel like and be. And I'm hoping that out of all of this, we're finding new ways to create happy memories and new traditions. And not that we still can't embrace the old ones, but I really think that this is going to be one of those little hidden blessings that's going to emerge from COVID. Yeah, because I know we had just two of us here for Thanksgiving. And then in something that had never happened, my partner's family did a Zoom call and her mom is one of... 11 children. So there were a lot of people on this call and it was amazing. It took two hours, (laughs) but everybody shared what their day had been like. And that's something that just, we had never connected like that before. Right. And that's also like, you're bringing up such a, an important point. And that is choosing to see what this all brings, because you could sit in a place where you feel like, oh, it was just me and my partner. It was so quiet. We didn't have people around. It was very different. Or saying, oh my goodness, look at this opportunity that we had. When in any other season or Thanksgiving, were you able to connect with family members in the way that you did? And I think Zoom is like a double-edged sword or technology or however people are communicating is a double-edged sword, but we certainly, connection is connection. And yes, ideally, we'd love to be all in the same place and be able to laugh and touch and be with each other. But when connection is authentic and when it's real and when it comes from a place of love, it doesn't matter whether you're Zooming or you're FaceTiming, those kinds of concepts translate. And I'm so excited to hear that, that you're reframing, literally reframing your situation so that you can embrace something positive that has come out of your Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, since we have discovered Zoom this year, people are doing some things like that, where they are doing a Zoom holiday with the people they they can't get close to. Agreed. And I think, too, like it's amazing to me how many people are figuring out how to connect. I have parents who are in their 70s, and FaceTime and Zoom, something that just eight, nine months ago, they had no idea (laughs) how to use. You know, I'm FaceTiming with my mom every single day. She's FaceTiming with her sister. 
she's zooming with her family. Those are things that would have never happened before. Yeah, there are many delightful things that have come out of it. And it seems strange sometimes to say that, but there are a lot of blessings. However, there are some people who have lost loved ones this year, and they're going to be spending time alone this holiday season. And that's always difficult anyway, when you've lost someone and you have to go through the first holidays. But this year, it's even more difficult. So two-part question, what are some things they can do? And then if you know of someone who's going through that, how can you reach out to them? Yes. So one of the things that I wrote about in that article was sharing your resources and finding ways in this you know, different holiday season to connect with your community or to people who are in need. And that goes back to the concept of social connection. So if somebody is struggling with loss of a loved one, loss of a job, and just loss in general, which we know so many people have experienced amidst COVID, the outside social network I want to say responsibility, really, with we think about the people who we love the most to kind of circle the wagons. And it's not our job to fix people's trauma or loss, but it's amazingly powerful when you just show up. And I remember one time I was at a conference, there was this man who was presenting said one of the most profound things, and it is stuck with me, and, and I try to live my life this way. And he said, I'd rather somebody be offended by my presence than offended by my absence. Oh, I like that. Oh, I love it. I wish I could give him credit. I don't remember who it was, (laughs) but it was this man at a conference that I was at. And I think that is so powerful when we see people who are in the midst of loss right now. We don't have to have the perfect answers. We don't have to have a solution. We just need to show up. And this circles back to what people who are in the midst of loss can do is that they can accept that. They can accept that presence. They can accept help from other people. Sometimes it's really hard to ask for help. But when we utilize our social network and our social network shows up, our social support shows up, embracing it is really powerful. And this actually brings me back to a man named Chris Novak wrote a book called Conquering Adversity. And he had been through tremendous loss, losing a wife and an unborn child in a car accident. And he literally writes a playbook. And I use this all the time when I'm talking and and when I'm teaching. And one of the things that he talks about is how we communicate. And so for people who are in the midst of loss right now, I think communicating with our heart, and that's what he talks about, communicating with our heart. That doesn't mean that you have the perfect words or that you know exactly how to ask for help, but that you allow people into your life and you don't have to even know what that looks like in the midst of your loss, but to be authentic in your connections with people in your place of grief is a way in which we can all start to move forward. It is. And what are some other good self-care steps that people can take, whether it's because of loss or, or just because the loneliness that they're feeling 
in this holiday time? One of the things that we all tend to do when we get stressed, and that is in any aspect, whether we're talking about trauma and loss, or we're talking about being in school or having to go to work, we tend to let go of self-care. And it's really important for us to take care of ourselves. And that looks different for everybody. For some people, that might mean, you know, exercising and focusing on what they're eating. For other people, it may mean, you know, reaching out and connecting. I don't know what that looks like for everybody, but we have to allow ourselves, give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. We cannot heal from whatever it is that we're dealing with if we do not take care of ourselves. I use this metaphor in in class all the time, and I think about the heart and what happens with the heart. And again, I wish I could give credit to where I heard this. I don't remember. I heard it a long time ago, but I think it's just so spot on. When unoxygenated blood comes into the heart, the heart sends it to the lungs to be oxygenated. And one of the first places that your heart sends that beautifully rich oxygenated blood is back to itself because it realizes that without taking care of itself, it can't be effective in this really important job that it has in our body. And I think we can all learn a lesson from that is that we should not have to feel guilty and we should not have to apologize for taking care of ourselves in whatever that looks like in whatever way in the midst of loss, trauma, adversity, crisis, whatever the case may be. That's a beautiful reminder. You know, of course, once we get through Christmas, and I shouldn't say get through Christmas, once Christmas is done, then we start gearing up for New Year's. And I've heard so many people talk about they just want this year to be over. You know, we don't know what 2021 is going to be like. And, and so what can we do to really look at this year maybe differently? And not just be like, ugh, let's just get it done and forget it existed. How can we kind of send it out with a blessing, as it were, and take in the new year and prepare for whatever is coming ahead? So I think one of the things, and I know that you've talked about this before on your podcast, that we can all do is practice gratitude. Nothing stops time faster than wishing time was over. (laughs) Nothing is going to slow it down. Those are the times where life just seems to drag when all we're doing is waiting for all of this to be over. And what we can do is we can tap into this really powerful emotion of gratitude. And that is, can we find something every day that we can be thankful for? So instead of wishing the rest of this year away, can we reflect and and we just need to give ourselves a little time and space. We don't do this enough. Can we reflect back on maybe some of the things that we're thankful for the connections that we made that doesn't negate the bad things that have happened. All it does is it allows us to produce and to cultivate positive emotions along with our negative ones. We're human beings. So we're going to have negative emotions But there's really interesting research that shows that if we can cultivate positive along with the negative, we can have better outcomes when we think about going through this stress process. So I think gratitude is is really important. And I also think just being mindful 
we have as a culture and as a society lived our lives on autopilot and COVID has brought that to a screeching halt. We can't be on autopilot. Life does not allow us to be. We have, are having curveballs thrown at us day by day. And instead of getting into a place where it causes us to be anxious, we can, again, reframe and reappraise of, okay, I don't know what tomorrow brings. And you bring up such a valid point. We have no idea what 2021 is going to bring. We'd like to predict like we have a vaccine coming and, and we think all these things, but the reality is, is none of us have a crystal ball and we don't know. But what we do know is what is happening in our life today in this moment. And so can we just be present? And there's something really powerful about this mindfulness present place that really gives us perspective on our life And in many ways, being present can help us reduce the anxiety of what's going to happen over the holidays, what's going to happen at the New Year's, what's going to happen next year, because you aren't projecting forward or living in the past when you're in this moment. And maybe it's just an intention of, oh my goodness, look at the sun. It's beautiful outside. I know I'm in upstate New York. We had humongous snowflakes yesterday. And I'm in quarantine, so I can't leave my house. I'm looking out my window and I just gave myself a moment just to be like right there in this beautiful environment of, wow, it is so pretty outside. And I didn't get caught in like, oh, this really stinks. I have to be inside. I just embraced the beauty that life was offering me right then and there. And if we start to tweak and have intention with this, we will start to notice so many more gifts that life gives us because we're paying attention in a different way. That's really beautiful. You know, I'm obviously a big fan of gratitude and I love being able to sit back and look at the gifts that we have been given this year. What is the one thing that you hope people will take away and keep in mind as we go through Christmas and into the new year? I think the takeaway message is that you write your story. And while there's so many things that are out of our control, the direction in which we choose every single day for ourselves, we have way more power over than we think we do. And even in the midst of loss, I understand that this is not easy, but we have a choice every day to construct a narrative in our lives that we choose. And while there's all these outside forces, we still have to continue to move forward because life does not stand still. And how we move forward and what that story looks like for us moving forward, we have some control over. And once we start to embrace that, it's very empowering. I love that. That's so good to hear. And Jennifer, you have so much we could learn from you. Maybe we should all enroll in your class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. But yeah, thank you for coming on and talking with me. You've given us a lot of great insight and a lot to think about and a way to make the holidays a little bit easier this year. That was Dr. Jennifer Wegman. 
talking to us about how to make the most of the holidays during COVID-19. If you'd like to learn more about Jennifer, read her 10 tips for this holiday season, or find out where to buy her book, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm -hmm.